This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now your co-hosts, MC Money, Sergeant the Creepy Soccer Dad, and Houts, MD. And here on this special Sunday morning edition, game day edition of Finside Radio, we're joined by John Bushko, the managing editor of Game Green Nation, part of the SB Nation Network. John, the Miami Dolphins off to a 1-0 start. The New York Jets off to a 1-0 start. Gearing up for week two in just a few hours. It's, you know, some may say it's a little uh, exaggeration to say this is a big game. But I think in both circles for both the Dolphins and the Jets, both teams are looking to make a statement here. It's a rivalry game. The Jets-Dolphins, no love loss as we know. Dolphins say they're changing the culture. Jets say they're changing the culture. Well, I don't think it's a must-win for either team at this point in the season. It is going to tell us a lot in terms of how these teams have come along and have improved from last season. Now, Sam Darnold starting his NFL career off in the worst possible way last week against the Detroit Lions. Youngest NFL quarterback to start in over 40 years. But he throws a pick six on his very first pass. I think, John, at that point, we're all laughing. But then he settled down. He had great footwork, and it wasn't just luck where he had success throughout the game. It wasn't acrobatic catches from his receivers saving his throws. It was great pocket presence, great footwork, all the things you would expect from a good quarterback. John, what's the feeling right now around Jets Nation, around Sam Darnold, and their chances as they move forward here in Week 2 and throughout the rest of the season? Well, you know, I think, obviously, a lot of positive feelings around this team. And it's not just about this year. I think long-term, the addition of Sam Darnold has raised a lot of optimism for the future for this team. Um, you know, I think it'll be an interesting barometer game for the Jets because it's, it's, I, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to see them win another game by 30 points this year. Um, and I think one of the questions is, First of all, can the Jets? First of all, can the Jets sustain what they did uh, week one? Can they continue to play at a high level uh, in all three phases of the game? But second, how much of it was just that the Lions were bad? Because I mean, I don't want to take anything away from what the Jets did. The Jets played a very good game, but part of the story from that game is that the Lions were just absolutely terrible. They were dreadful. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, against a different opponent too. Maybe we'll get more of a gauge for how good this Jets team is. John Sutton here. Thanks for joining us tonight. You know, these AFC East showdowns come down to one thing more often than not, and that's what's going on in the trenches. So I kind of wanted to get a trench warfare report from you. From, from, my out, from an outsider's perspective, when I was watching you guys uh, play Monday Night Football and beat the absolute crap out of Matt Patricia's team, so I can't really feel that bad since he's a Patriots dude. But anyway, um, what I saw was uh, an offensive line that was a little bit better at pass protection than they were at run blocking. I thought some of the run plays that you guys had were more of a result of broken tackles uh, by Isaiah Kroll than it was necessarily better run blocking. Uh, but I did see some, some nice pockets for, for Sam Darnold to deliver some passes. Uh, 
I think Z- Ziggy Ansah had a, a sack early, but he ended up getting knocked out of the game uh, pretty early. And I think you guys let up one more sack. But other than that, I thought it was pretty solid protection from your offensive line. And then conversely, on your defensive line, it looked like you guys were on point. You didn't get any sacks, but you guys were hitting, getting hurries. What do you think of the Jets' uh, trench play, and how is it going to match up with the Dolphins? I think every Jets fan was concerned about the trenches entering the season. So I think it was a very pleasant surprise. I thought the offensive line did have a solid week one. I thought that they did a pretty good job in pass protection. This offensive line has been projected to be one of the weak points of the team. In fact, a number of rating systems, including pro football focus, have them graded quite poorly or had them graded quite poorly heading into the season projection, projection wise. Um, you look at this offensive line it isn't just a question of quality. It's a question of how much upside is there because you only have one guy who's on a rookie contract. That's Brandon Shell, And even then he's 26 years old. So it's not like, you know, you have a 22, 23 year old who you think has a ton of room to grow. Um, you know, you look at the five players on the line and there's a path to respectability. I mean, all five of those guys, you can talk yourself into them. The issue, I think, is that their boom scenario for all the boom scenario for all five guys is probably around average league average. I don't think there's any guy who's going to step in and be, you know, a top five, top ten player in his position. So all this is to say, it was a it's definitely a pleasant surprise to see the Jets go out and have as much success as they had in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, week one. Um, and it, it, I tell you, it was a big concern in preseason. The the line did not look great in preseason, so. Again, we'll see whether they can sustain it. It's one thing to do it for one week. It's another thing to sustain it over the course of a long season. Now, I think on the defensive side of the ball, the uh, pass rush was also a concern coming in. It really wasn't clear where the Jets were going to generate a pass rush outside of Leonard Leonard Williams. I think we saw some signs of life, uh, particularly a guy, Henry Anderson, who the Jets acquired from the Colts for a seventh-round pick around the time of the draft. He had a couple of big hits one of which uh, turned into a Darren Lee interception where Matthew Stafford made a bad play under duress, ball to Lee. So, you know, Anderson came in. He was a guy who was projected to be more of a run stopper than a pass rusher, but he was able to penetrate a couple times and get to the quarterback. I think there are still issues on the edge with this team. I'm not sure where where the pass rush off the edge is going to come from. The Jets have been used, Jets used Brandon Copeland a lot. I don't think he was that effective. Uh, So I think there's, there still are some questions about how, well the Jets can sustain this. I'm not sure I see the players. i got to be honest, I'm not sure I see the players on either side of the ball that make me feel safe at this point. It could be a situation where maybe maybe the offensive line gels a little bit. Maybe the hole is uh, greater than the sum of the parts. And on the defensive side of the ball, maybe Anderson continues to sustain it. Maybe Williams, uh, maybe Leonard Williams uh, starts to heat up a little bit. I think there are more questions than answers at this point. That said, excellent start to the year for the Jets in the trenches. John, you mentioned some of the weaknesses kind of heading into the season. They said the offensive line might not be good. They proved them wrong. Defensive line might not be good. They seemed to surprise. Uh, what do you see as the strength on the offense? I mean, you look at the receiving core, you see Robbie Anderson, Terrell Pryor, Quincy Nunwa, Jermaine Curse. Then you got that two-headed monster in the backfield in Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. And then Sam Narrell just playing out of his mind. So what do you see this offense doing moving forward, particularly against the Dolphins? Are they going to attack them in the run game, or are they going to do it through the air? 
Well, I think the Jets are going to try to establish the run first and foremost. Um, Jeremy Bates comes from the Mike Shanahan school, so they'll try and get that zone running game working. Um, he's the new offensive coordinator, and one of the reasons Todd Bowles made a change was that he felt like the team was not doing enough to establish the run. And I, I do, I like the Jets, I like the backs the Jets have. I think they have two solid backs, Crowell. Really like the way he finishes his runs. And Bilal Powell, who is actually now the longest tenured Jet, uh, solid receiver out of the backfield, um, has a little burst. So I think, I think first and foremost, we'll try and establish the run and then you know, get the bootleg, bootleg working, get play action working, and tr- try and uh, build, off the, throw off, uh, build, build the run game to set up the pass. So I think that's, that's kind of where the Jets' offense is heading this year. And equally as important, what about the defense? I mean, we see the defensive line you mentioned. They're doing a little bit better than you anticipated. seems like your linebacking core is great with Darren Lee, uh, Frank LeVue, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. And then you got the secondary, Tremaine Johnson, Maurice Claiborne, Jamal Adams, Marcus May. How do you see the Dolphins attacking the Jets' defense? And do you have concerns with, you know, the Kenny Stills, the Jakeem Grants, the Mike Jasickis, or maybe the running backs in Frank Gore or Kenny Drake? How do you see this Dolphins' offense attacking the Jets defense and are there any concerns there well I think you know the biggest concern you have to go back to what happened last year and the way the Dolphins exploited Buster screen I Kenny Stills had a lot of success against him so I think that's probably the matchup that has to worry the Jets standpoint the Jets coaching staff really trust Buster screen and I felt like he had a solid game week one against Detroit but the guy's very up and down you know he he has a great game, and then he'll follow it up with, with three very poor games. So, you know, I think, I think the first thing you look to is what happened last, last year when these teams played, what did, what did the Dolphins have success doing? And that game in Miami last year, I mean, you could argue that Buster Screen almost single, single-handedly cost the Jets the game. You look at the linebacking court, excellent game from Darren Lee. And Lee's an interesting guy because this is very much a boomer bust year. This is very much a make-or-break year for him. Um, he, I, he's... His first two years have not gone that well, in all honesty. He's been a guy who struggled to get off blocks. Um, he gets dragged down the field two, three extra yards too often, and he's really struggled in coverage quite a bit. So very encouraging week one performance, but we'll have to see whether he can sustain it because it's just one game. We, we have two years of evidence that he's not that great. So is, is he turning the corner? I'm not ready to say it just yet. Um, so I think that's another area of concern. Now I do think, you know, we talk about the defensive line, the pass rush. I, the Jets have some good run stoppers on the defensive line. Williams is solid. Steve McClendon is a good run stopper. Again, Henry Anderson was projected to be more of a run stopper than a uh, pass rusher. And the secondary is supposed to be the strength of this defense. Um, Todd Bowles, it is hard as a guy who loves to attack. He loves to blitz. He loves to leave his corners on an island. The Jets invested big at the cornerback position this offseason with Tremaine Johnson. They also brought back Morris Claiborne. And the funny thing is, I think Johnson is the one guy who, you could argue John, Tremaine Johnson was the one guy on the team uh, on Monday night who did not play that well for the Jets. So it is kind of encouraging that the defense played as well as it did without its number one corner producing the way it should have. And the Jets were also missing Marcus May, who was their second round pick a year ago, had a solid year. He was he frequently the single high safety, really reliable back there. Um, so the fact, you know, just the fact that the Jets performed as well as they did with Johnson having a bad game in May out, you know, is, something, is, is something that's encouraging, I think, for Jets fans. We're joined here by John Butchko of Gang Green Nation, the managing editor over there. Dolphins versus Jets coming up here in week two. 
John, the Dolphins have a very good traveling fan base. They have good numbers all throughout the country whenever they go away. In recent years, though, Dolphins NYC has really made an effort to get thousands of Dolphins fans at MetLife Stadium. There was one game a few years ago, Howard Sutton and a few others. We were at the game at MetLife, and by the third quarter, the Let's Go Dolphins chance took over the stadium. That was when Bryce Petty was playing. It was a bad game for him. Uh, bad game for the Jets as a whole. He was sandwiched at one point by Andomic and Sue and Cameron Wake. Now you covering the Jets, I'm sure you're aware of MetLife Takeover. I know the Dolphins team and the players, they're aware of MetLife Takeover. The organization supports it each year. I'm sure the Jets are aware of it as well. While they'll never publicly say it, do you think, John, that it becomes a distraction for the team and for the players and for the fans? And does it truly make a difference to have a large crowd such as Dolphins, NYC, and the MetLife Takeover? on your own home stadium. Well, I think that this rivalry is a very unique one because, you know, you have a lot of Dolphins fans in the New York area, but you also have a lot of New York transplants in the Miami area. So, you know, you see a lot of Dolphins fans when the Jets host a game, but then the games down in Miami, also you see a lot of Jets fans show up. Uh, I think this year is different, though. There's just a different buzz around this fan base. I'm not sure you're going to see Dolphins fans um, have – take up the same share of the stadium. The Jets fans are very excited about this about this football team this year. Uh, you know, you go back to training camp, uh, they had a practice at Rutgers Stadium that was a much better attendance than their typical practices. Uh, usually they do one practice a year at a stadium, typically MetLife Stadium this year, Rutgers Stadium. Just the, having Sam Darnold around, around the team has created a buzz in this fan base and excitement in this fan base. So I was surprised, especially in the home opener, to see a huge Dolphins presence in this game. One last question for you, John, before we let you go. Your prediction for the Dolphins versus Jets game, for me, I'm looking at it as a toss-up. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tight divisional game. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll come down to the wire either way. I think I'll take, I, I like the Jets at home. I think if this game was in Miami, I'd probably take the Dolphins. But I think that these teams are relatively closely matched. So I, I think I'll take the Jets uh, by a field goal at home. All right, that's John Butchko, the managing editor of Gang Green Nation, part of the SB Nation. John, we all know that no matter the record, every season usually always a close game, always a hard-fought battle between the Dolphins and the Jets. We look forward to the game and look forward to talking to you when the Jets come down to Miami in November. You got it. All right, don't forget about our recap special of the Jets game coming out Sunday night before Sunday Night Football's halftime show. And then don't forget our usual podcast that is being released on Wednesday morning as we preview the game against the Oakland Raiders. That's going to do it here for us on this special game day edition of Finsider Radio. For Certain the Creepy Soccer Dad and Houts MD, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you later tonight. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
Seattle Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Everybody Miami Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.